so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. We are free! Hey everybody, welcome to Ho Ho Hong Kong with me, Vivek Malbubani, as known on the social media world as at Funny Vivek. No M. That's right, at Funny Vivek, and you might notice something that, wait a second, that was a bit rude. You didn't introduce your co-host, the other Mohammed. Why didn't you introduce him? Well, unfortunately, Mohammed's come down with a big case of the food poisoning, and because his tummy tummy can't take that foodie foodie, oh, too many germ germ, oh, Egyptian boy can't handle Hong Kong bacteria, oh. So, like, if he was on the podcast right now, he would probably sound like this. Oh, man, I'm, I'm not feeling good, Viv. Could you, could you help me out? I, uh, I, you know, I just got a food poisoning. The odd thing is that we both had skewers after the show last night. You know, we, we, you know, we even did the whole cheers thing. Hey, your skewer touched my skewers. Yeah, cheers. And uh, unfortunately for him, he had no patience. He just went for the first skewer at the top and bam, that's where the germs were. That's where the virus was hiding. That's where the bacteria was standing and waiting. And bam, he got hit with it. This morning, he messaged me, Hey, Viv, uh, you know, are, are you not feeling well? Are you feeling sick? And I'm like, whoa, that's a weird way to say good morning. But no, I'm feeling all right. What happened? He's like, oh, I got a case of food poisoning. I was like, no way. What? He's like, yeah. Did you get it from the skewers? I'm like, no, I was fine. And he was getting jealous. like, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. You didn't get it. I'd have got it. Oh, sharing is caring. So, yeah, today, the other Mohammed is unfortunately unable to join us, which brings me to have to invite the Mohammed. Now, the problem is, uh, I don't know any Mohammeds other than actually Mohammed Magdi. So, the only other Mohammed I have is that if anyone has watched my act before, you know, way back, way back, like, like way back. Way back. back. Uh, when I first started comedy, one of my classic bits I used to have is talking about how the police would stop me and check my ID card, right? And so... It basically, the story was basically the, the, the police guy, he sees my card, my name's Mabubani, he's trying to guess how to pronounce my name, he can't do it, so he, he calls me Mohammed, right? But he doesn't say Mohammed, he says Mohammeded. And like, okay, fine, you, with EDs, what, like past tense, sure, whatever, right? So I'm the closest thing to another Mohammed I know. So I'm guessing today we're very happy to have on the show with me is Mohammeded. Hey everyone, I'm Mohammed. It is a real pleasure to be here. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Yeah, so Mohammed, where can people find you on social media? Actually, um, oddly enough, they can find me on the same page as you, Vivek, and uh, that's at Funny Vivek. Wow, check it out, right? Sharing really is caring. Sharing the same social media handles with your alter ego, Mohammed. Right, so. That's right. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about when comedians are not feeling good, when they're just feeling out and about and they're just like, ugh, not feeling so good. What do they do? Do they call in and be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm not feeling good at all today. I, I, I'm going to have to cancel the show, so I'm real sorry, but uh, I'm going to keep the deposit. No, 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 you can't do that. So usually there's always like a simple etiquette that obviously if a comedian calls in and says, hey, I can't make it today, I'm not feeling good, you try to give the organizer as early notice as possible, right? Because, I mean, who likes a comedian that when the host is on stage, they get a call like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make it today. The host is like, uh, this is awkward because we were just about to introduce you. Hmm, what do we do now? 
So you try your best to give as early notice as possible, which is why, like, you know, I do appreciate how Muhammad this morning messaged me at nine something, but like, dude, I'm not feeling good. So at least we have some time to organize the podcast timing and maybe see, wait it out. Will he feel better later on? Or do I just go solo and just do it on my own? But hey, check it out. Couldn't wait for him to get better. Decided I don't need you. I can do it on my own. Yay. Look at me talking to myself for 45 minutes. Oh, this is going to be good. So the thing is this, is that, Every person that does, does comedy is, uh, as I said, a person as well. But the problem is that comedy, you can't really kind of replace it. Unlike, let's say, in a band, you can kind of call in a, a replacement substitute guitarist. Or a teacher, you can get a substitute teacher. But with comedy, you can't exactly be like, hey, man, you know, I want you to take over. This This is my set list I was going to do. So just help me handle it on stage, you know. The last thing, the last thing you want to hear is like, you know, a substitute comedian. Like, I don't know, Chim Chan or some other like local Chinese comedian going on stage be like, hi. I'm Mohammed. I am from Egypt, and I came to Hong Kong for white privilege. Ah, right. And your brain is thinking like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense at all. So it doesn't really work that way. You can't just have someone substitute you for a show. So it's you or nothing, which is why you want to give as early notice as possible to the organizers, so they have an idea. Okay, this is not going to happen. Let me rearrange the lineup. And it's happened before. We'll have a lineup set, and suddenly an hour before the show, one comedian might have come down with something or some urgent case at home they couldn't get to the show. And it's not just a matter of, okay, we'll take them out of the lineup. Sometimes the lineup is designed in a way that com- uh, comedians complement each other. So you don't, for example, you don't you try your best to avoid having similar comedians back-to-back because, you know, there's no freshness to it. So if you have, let's say, two comedians who like to talk about their identity a lot, you won't stick them back-to-back because we heard one, have a little break in the middle, put someone in the middle who does some other topics, and go back to the other uh, comedian. So if you see that the person in the middle is gone, Boom, you got to change the whole lineup now, you know? So the whole show changes, the whole vibe changes. Usually, the only person that doesn't change is the host, obviously, because, like, uh, duh, you're the, you're the glue that sticks the whole show together. Like, well, where do you want me to put you? Like, behind? Huh? What's going on, right? So that's the issue. Number two is everyone has one of those days where you just get up and you're like, oh, and I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling okay physically, but mentally I'm just like, oh, exhausted. Today's just not my day. I, need, you know, I just need to be alone. And you're going to get that. I've had that many, many times where, you know, I have a gig, especially a private event. You know, I'm like, oh, today's just one of those days. I'm just not feeling it. You know, I just do not want to entertain. But then uh, you have to because they're they're there to see you. So what I like to do for myself is it's a very, you know, uh, professional way of thinking, which is remember that the audience, they paid their hard-earned money to come watch the show. All right, so they've done their part. They've come to the show. They're on time, hopefully, uh, and they're sitting there, you know, with, with their drink in their hand or basically a good spirit in their mind. They're ready to say, "I want to have a good time and laugh tonight." So it is your job to fulfill the agreement, the deal, where you go on stage and kind of become the catalyst of the entertainment. So if you suddenly go on stage, be like, "Hey, uh, hey guys, I'm sorry. Uh, today just uh, just not feeling it today. You know, I'm just. Uh, I hope you guys understand. It's just one of those days, and uh, so please bear with me. You know, laugh a little hard." Harder at stuff that isn't so funny anymore, okay? You can't do that. You know, it's not a fair deal. Uh, and that's the thing I found that I really do appreciate with comedy is that unlike a lot of different performances, so I've seen, you know, uh, people have understudies, right? For Broadway, you have an understudy. You might have, you know, a, a backup singer or someone you contact, you know, should your main vocalist have an issue, you know, come down, their throat has a, they have a sore throat or something like that. So they can quickly replace it. And the audience genuinely is, you know, forgiving. They're like, ah, we understand we're all human beings. But with comedy, it's like, Oh, no, 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 no. I don't care. 
if the other person is going to say your stuff for you. Oh, no, 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 no. I came to see you. All right. You show up. You stand up there. You entertain me, you know. And it's got a different power thing to it. But at the same time, it also lets you know that you are in full control and ownership of your performance. Right? It's not a matter of like any moment now they're gonna replace me, you know, if I if I get a little wrinkle in my eyes, they're gonna replace me. No, it's not that. Like you are the whole whole, whole performance. You're part of it. You're not just in the delivery, you're not just the person, you know, putting the performance to the audience's ears, but you're actually part of the whole performance they're perceiving. So that's why when you have like private events, this is one of the biggest stresses that if you get sick, what do you do, right? If you're, you know, in hospital, you can't exactly be like, oh, so I'm sending over another comedian to take care. It doesn't really work that way. But there are always going to be those days when, yeah, you get hit, you know, whatever happens, you just can't make it and you have to try your best and explain as much as you can. Sometimes the, the, the client is understanding, you know, they're human too. Sometimes they're like, oh, we don't care. We want a refund. We don't want a replacement. And you have to live with that. Now, I'll be honest though. I'm not perfectly, you know, 100%, you know, healthy and, and well today as well. I actually have a slight runny nose, which is why in a way it's actually kind of good that Muhammad and myself are kind of separate because, oh, Bad tummy, runny nose, tomorrow we are both in Penny Bay quarantine, okay? So that should not happen. But uh, comedy, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, so comedy is one of those things that the, it gives you this certain adrenaline rush, and which is why a lot of comedians, they may be sick off stage, but the moment their name is called or they know they got to go on next, all of a sudden they get kicked in with Dr. Showbiz. That's right, Dr. Showbiz! So Dr. Showbiz is this kind of moment where all of a sudden your body just knows how to handle things. It just suddenly says, all right, I'm good, man. Let's go for it. I'll be fine on stage until you get off. And it happens all the time. You have that adrenaline rush that kind of covers you and you're all of a sudden everything's healthy. You're like, you're on stage feeling perfectly fine because of course the adrenaline is covering all the pains and the you know aches that you're going through right now. And you go on stage, you do your show. And Every performer who has any sort of credential slash experience, you know, for let's say maybe a few months or up to a year, has had those moments when they're on stage and they're like, man, I'm feeling so much better now, but wait till I get home. Oh, once the adrenaline fades out, I am in so much trouble. And your body, your body just loves to play tricks on you, right? Like you'll go on stage, you do the show, you're feeling good, all right, all right, I'm good. You leave, you're on your way home, you're like, okay, I'm still good, man, I'm, I still got the energy, I'm good, right? And your body can sense when you're like, let's say, 10 meters away from your building or your flat, your apartment door, your body's like, it's time. And it just goes crazy, right? It's like, okay, we got to go. And all of a sudden, like, I don't understand. How does it know? How does it know? Like, will we have an internal GPS system that we just know, right? I mean, my body, every time if I'm ever sick, when I'm almost home, it's like, okay, all right, man, not waiting. I know it'll take two minutes to get there. We've done this for 30 something years of your life, but I'm going to give you one minute. And it always, always makes me run the clock. I'm just like, dude, like you were fine for 45 minutes earlier on at the show. You were fine for another 20 minutes on the bus home. You were fine for another 10 minutes walking from the bus stop to the building. But the last two minutes, you can't handle, really? This is the crucial last two minutes? Come on, man, you're better than this. And of course, you get to your door, and that's when your keys don't work properly. Or if you have like a fingerprint door lock, all of a sudden your fingers are sweaty. You're like, oh, come on, just help me, just help me out. Right, you open the door, you rush in, you're like, oh man, come on, there's gonna be a toilet. Right, the toilet seat's down, you're like, why do I put the toilet seat down? There's no time. Ah, you just push it back up. You're sitting down, you're like, I still have my pants on. Ah, you take your pants off, and every you sit down, you're like, ah, and you're feeling much better within a minute, right? And then comes the relief moment of just sitting there going, hey man, you know, like, this feels pretty good. Like, I'm actually gonna sit here now. Just, I just wanna sit here in peace, because 
There's it can't get it can't get worse. I'm I'm here. Like, what's my body gonna do? You know, trick me? I get up. It's like, no, we're not done yet. And you sit back down. You're like, ah, oh, man. So I'm sitting down. Just you know, you sit there. You're like, ah, okay. You know, <laughs> body. I won up to you. I'm way ahead of you. What what you gonna do? Huh? What you gonna do? Right. Thirty minutes later, you get up. Your knees are sore. You're like, ah, oh, that wasn't a good idea, right? My legs are hurting and stuff. And then you finally can relax at home. And that's the cycle that will happen. The worst thing is when you get up and you have to fly to another place and then you're not feeling too good. You're like, oh, I do not need this. Because the last thing you need, the last thing you need is to be sick on a plane, especially during COVID times like now. I mean, think about it. This is the worst time to ever get publicly sick. Be sick at home. Nobody cares, right? The moment you leave your house, your body's like, dude, man, I got to hold up, man. You know, no coughing, no sneezing, and God forbid you turn pale, dude. I need that blood in my head when I go through those thermometer gun systems and have the screen where they have a thermo- the, the temperature next to my head. I need, I need to be human. And let me tell you, I have done those machines a lot of times. And almost every single time, Every, especially the hand ones. Oh, those are the worst thermometer, I mean, the worst temperature gun things because my hands are always cold, right? And I go to it, I put, especially now with winter, I go to it and it's like, low. I'm like, uh. and the weird thing is that normally nobody cares. But this one time I went to a restaurant, they were like, low. And they're like, oh, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. You got to check it again until we see your temperature. I'm like, look, a fever means you're higher than a certain temperature, right? So the fact that I'm low means I definitely don't have a fever. If anything, I probably don't even have a pulse, okay? So let me in, all right? No no dead corpse has ever given anyone COVID, okay? So just let me in. I was get my meal, and I need a bowl of soup, which will make me warmer. And then you can take my temperature, and you will find that I'm perfectly fine, all right? Let me in. Let me in. Let me do this. Which brings me to another point now. Nowadays, man, like getting sick is, is going to become a fear for a lot of people, especially in getting a fever like i tell you every single time when i leave my house i'm like please just whatever you get dude just don't get a fever because now you get a fever oh my god you can't go anywhere right you the only place you can do is like maybe you can take a bus and take the train that's it but even going to the hospital if they find that you have a fever they're like <gasps> you have a fever i'm like that's why i'm here no sir no you come with us now it's like, ah, come on. You can't go to a restaurant. You just want a warm bowl of soup. You can't do that because why? You have a fever. It's like, ah, God, I can't do this. But the thing is that, weirdly for me, is that my body, for some reason, will get sick. But it just doesn't seem to like to get a fever. The last time I got a fever was when I got the COVID vaccine, the second dose. And bam, I had a fever the next day. But I haven't had a fever in like, I don't know, over two years now, which is bizarre. Because I'm feeling like I'm missing out. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you know, Isn't the fever, you know, your body raising your temperature so that you can fight the bacteria better? But I mean, I've been sick before. So is it that my body's just inefficient? And it's just like, eh. You can't be bothered, you know? Go fight the stuff on your own. I'm going to make the stuff warm. This is a headache, man. It's too much work. It's not worth it. Because I'm going to make you warm. You're going to drink more water, which will cool us down. You know, I'll fight fire with fire. You go deal with yourselves. Too bad. You should have cleaned your hands before you ate that food. And getting sick, though, is like another challenge as well. Because, okay, depending on what medical insurance you have, you have a very different life that you deal with whenever you're not feeling well, right? So if we've ever done the, the government hospitals over here, I have to say, I've been a government hospital boy my whole life, and I'm cool with it. I, I really respect the whole system over here. I, I love the fact that it's super cheap as well. But the waiting time, oh, man, people, we need to do something about this because it's not about like waiting months for your next appointment. It's like when you have your appointment and you're waiting, right? And Every single time to the point now, I believe every person in Hong Kong has figured out the system that when your appointment says 10.30 in the morning, you don't show up until like 11. 
All right, and I guarantee this is just like I bet you the person who has a five o'clock appointment is just coming in there at seven o'clock in the evening, just saying, "Oh, don't worry, I guarantee I'll be here another two hours waiting to just see the doctor." And every single time, every single time, the doctors. I get it. You have a lot of appointments. You have a lot of people you're gonna see. But every time, man, you gotta give me some. You know, give me more than just, "Oh, you're fine. You can go now." I'm like, come on, I've been here for two and a half hours waiting just to see you, okay? Just give me a little bit of, you know, oh, I looked at your case, everything seems okay, you know, it's, that's good news, so if anything, you know, have a good day, bye. But no, it's just like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, you're fine, you can go now. I'm like, what? it took me longer to walk to your door and enter this room than it took you to tell me my diagnosis, okay? That, that's not very fair, come on, come on, you know? I can't go to the stage and everyone's like, all right, I, I traveled two hours to come to watch the show, and I'm like, well, okay, this is a great show, thank you, bye. I can't do that, right? So this brings me to one thing I want to always ask people, is like, who, who basically likes to go to public hospitals? Who likes to go to private hospitals? Because... I've been to private hospitals before, right? I've actually done it before. And weirdly enough, I have to say, I still seem to like the public hospitals, not because of the quality of service, okay? I'm not talking about you know, the environment's nicer and stuff. No, 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 not at all. The last time I went to a private hospital was to do like a scan. And uh, maybe the fact that they're not so congested with people like 24-7, uh, the nurses and the staff there, maybe their experience level is a bit lower, which is why like they could not. Like it had to basically give me like an IV thing to get some stuff into my body. And they just couldn't get my vein. They, they kept poking my hand here, there, everything. I'm like, guys, come on. It's obvious. That is a vein. What are you doing? That's not that's my fingertip. What are you trying to do, man? And like they're trying to figure this out, like, oh, you know what's going on? I can't get the vein. Oh. But like local uh, public hospitals. Dude, they're chatting. They're gossiping while they're taking blood from you. Like, it's no big deal. Like, do you understand how precise these ladies are? Like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, most, nine out of ten times, whenever I get my blood taken, it's always a lady, right? And it's always a different feeling because I sit down there and every time they ask me for my ID card number and the weirdest thing happens because I cannot say my ID card number in English. Yes, I went to a Chinese school growing up. They taught mathematics in Chinese, which is why all my numbers have to be said in Cantonese characters, okay? So I cannot remember my ID card in English. So when they go, uh, ID card, and I'm like, you said, and I do that. And they're like, oh, wow, okay, wow, okay. Your, your Cantonese is very good. And I'm like, yes, 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 you know, I have to say it in, in Chinese. And they'll be talking to me, super friendly, having a little chat and stuff, asking about my life and everything. How, you, how long have you been here? Why are you over here? Da, 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 da. Doesn't even look at my hand. Doesn't even have to look down, just, you know, touches my hand a bit, bam, 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 needle in, getting the blood out, and we're just chatting like no big deal. I finished, they give me a little little, uh, little cotton swab to put over it, and every time, every time without ever asking me, they will use that tape and wrap it around my hand so that the swab kind of presses towards the little puncture wound. And I always tell them, I'm like, oh, no, because when I rip it out, I lose all that hair on the back of my hand. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe next time. I'm like, you won't remember next time. You deal with like 2,000 people a day. I am nothing to you, all right? So you definitely would not do it next time. You're going to do the same thing. You're going to have me lose more hair every single time. Speaking of hair, everyone, yeah, uh, time to plug something. Uh, I have my show coming up on 21st December called Humor Along My Hairline. Uh, it's my solo English show. I figured before we end the year, I might as well do something fun. We're all stuck in Hong Kong. And hey, I have a ticking time bomb known as my hairline that is constantly receding on a daily basis. And I figured, hey, maybe let me just do a show about everything that's been happening 
happening to me along the timeline, as I like to call my hairline. So you hear stories about me growing up over here. You hear stories about me, you know, when I was a teenager, all the way down to where I am today, the weird things I deal with, and uh, maybe some other perks if I can keep writing new material before the show happens in uh, just a few weeks' time. So yeah, check it out. Just go to show.funnyvivek.com. If you want to basically make fun of my hairline while I still have it, this is the show to be at, okay? Because uh, last time I went to a store and I actually wanted to buy a bottle of shampoo. I went to the store, asked for shampoo. The guy comes out with like a ladies, like a female shampoo, right? I'm like, oh, it's, it's for me. And he looked genuinely shocked like, oh, you still use shampoo? Okay, this is this guy, okay. He goes in and gets me like a travel pack. I'm like, okay, buddy. Buddy, come on. I mean, like, I mean, come. What are you trying to say? He's like, oh, it'll last you a year. I'm like, okay, this that hurts. Okay, you don't need to rub it in my face because you rub it in my hair. All right, let's not do that. Okay. And coming back to this whole point, like, people have actually told me, hey, Viv, have you ever heard a thought of you know a hair implant? I'm like, okay, first of all, first of all, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if I ever get implants, live on my my hair implants or whatever, it will be pretty obvious which hair has been implanted, which has not, okay? Because first of all, people have seen me where I am now. And it's unlikely someone's going to not notice when one day I walk to them and they're like, whoa, dude, like what happened to your hair? Like, oh, oh, wait, hold on a second. You look very different from the forehead up. What's going on, right? They're going to notice this. I've been asked, would you ever consider wearing a wig? I'm like, no, I'm not wearing a wig for a few reasons. Number one, it costs money. I'm not spending money to put something I had before and my body rejected on its own, okay? And number two, can we be honest? I mean, I have nothing against people wearing wigs, but... It's pretty obvious when someone's wearing a wig, right? It's it's pretty obvious. When you see, you're like, you know, you're parting. It's just a little bit too perfect, okay? Something about the way you're parting your hair just looks just right. Somehow the hair that in the back that's kind of, you know, trying to blend in with the rest of the hair on your neck just seems a little bit too perfect, you know? Something's not really right. I've never seen hair shimmer in that way. Hmm, what's going on? So yeah, wigs are not going to ever happen. What I do actually want to do is that the day can come when I basically, like, I don't want to be bald enough where I still have some hair on my head where I got to kind of still shave my head. I want to be like properly bald. Like when that happens, just be done with it. Because look, man, if I've got to still cut my hair, you know, shave it or whatever, I'm like, come on, buddy. Now you're just being annoying, okay? You were fine before. You were actually resourceful with some hair in the front of my head. Now you've lost where it really counts. And you're still sticking onto the part of the hair that doesn't really count. But you're making me work for it. Because if I don't shave it off, it looks kind of awkward and everything. But... The thing that actually I have with by being bald is I've seen myself bald before, right? You know, back in my cancer days. Oh, me sicky sicky, body couldn't do the jummy jummy. So, um, yeah, I've actually been bald before, and uh, my my unfortunately the cone of my head is uh lopsided. Yeah, I know, right? So it's kind of semi lopsided, which just makes me kind of go, hmm, why? Why is this lopsided? What happened? What is there something my parents are not telling me that happened to me when I was a kid? Hmm, are you lying to me? Hmm, yeah. So that is the only part I'm not really looking forward to seeing the lopsidedness and having to explain to people like, hey, uh, dude, do you did you realize that your head is a uh, crooked? I'm like, yes, I have a mirror too. If anything, I've seen this before. You saw it. So yes, I've definitely noticed it, okay? One of the characteristics of a good comedian is good observation skills. One of the things you would observe is the crookedness, the non-symmetry of your own head. All right? So that happens, people. So yeah, no wigs, definitely no hair implants. People have asked me, would you ever consider dyeing whatever hair you have now? Again, that's another thing I'm not really into because... 
you know, black color hair. My my hair is getting a bit white now. So I'm like, eh, I don't really care about that. What I would like to do is I would definitely be interested in dyeing my goatee, though. Oh, that's cool. Because, like, one of my biggest uh, uh, heavy metal stars, I used to like Dimebag Daryl from the band Pantera. Yeah, Pantera! Um, he used to dye his goatee. And uh, it was really cool. And I was like, well, one day I want to do that. So I actually, guys, I actually tried doing it once. But, you know, with my with my un- inability to spend proper budgets on proper quality products, I went to the supermarket at one spot, of, you know, hair dye. And I figured, hey, hair on the head, hair on the chin, same, same, but different. And I tried it on my chin. Um, yeah, it doesn't work. All right. So I guess... Uh, what you get a welcome doesn't seem to work, or maybe I'm just messing it up because, of course, me being a man, I'm not reading no manual. How do you do this? I know how to do this. You don't teach me this. I can do it myself. Ah. Uh, so I tried that. Didn't really work out. And I was like, whatever. I don't really care. But when I do go completely bold, I am definitely very interested in dyeing my goatee. And uh, we'll see from there. You know, depending what color, what's my mood, you know. Oh, he's a red color mood today. Ooh, right? Like, yeah. Oh, by the way, like, I'm not going to die at some weird, like, multicolor thing where I'm, like, a little rainbow chin guy. It's not going to happen. I like to have, like, one solid color just because it's, like, you know, more obvious that it's a, it's a color. I did it on purpose. This wasn't basically leftovers, okay? This wasn't just whatever was in the fridge to throw it at my chin and, like, hey, that's stuck. So that's the color he's going to get. Ha-ha. And people also asked me that, uh, would you even consider, you know, doing piercings and stuff like that? Oh, I like how I've completely gone another way to this topic. When we're talking about, you know, health issues, but actually I want to get to this. It's like piercings and stuff for me weren't always, you know, a big thing for me because I always had this weird thing that I knew that whenever you do any sort of surgery at the hospital and they always ask you, do you have any metals on your body, this and that? And I'm like, ah, I don't want to take it off. I don't know. It's just really, it's annoying to do. So it was never a thing that I was, I was interested in happening for myself because again, every time you go to the, the airport, you know, you walk through the system like meep, meep, meep. It's like, uh, yeah, I have a, a piercing. <laughs> if you just trust me, it will only hurt me if I take it off. Okay, please. Let me keep it on. Huh? Actually, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure piercings are not proper steel. So I don't think they'll make the thing buzz. But hey, talking to myself, gotta entertain me more than I can have to entertain you, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been sick before. And I definitely want to know if, if you guys uh, go to the public system here or the private system or wherever you are listening in. Do you normally have, you know, health insurance or do you basically believe in your health and say, I'm fine. I'll, you know, I'll fight through it. I'm okay. Like, I'm not a big doctor guy. I have to be pretty sick to take myself to the doctor. Sometimes I'm an idiot about that. Like, you know, obviously at this point, like, dude, you better go to the hospital. I'm like, oh, man, I can do it. I'm okay. I mean, case in point, if you've been following the podcast, you know, like last year, this time last year, I was, I was doing terribly. I was in the hospital, you know, in, in the wards getting checked here and there. Like, what's going on? Why are you bleeding? This and that. And I remember I was like, you know, I, I was bleeding the first time. You know, I went to the toilet. There was blood coming out. And I'm like, eh. It'll be all right. I'll power through. I don't want to go to the hospital. Ah, you know, doctors judging me. I don't want that. And then a few months later, my body's like, uh, you are a fool, my friend. Let me do this again, and hopefully you'll take the warning. And then I'm like, ah, okay, I guess it didn't get better. I got to go to the hospital. Ah. Um, so, yeah, like the general cough and the fever and like the cold never has me go to the hospital. Um, bacterial infections, though, that does happen. Like I remember sometimes... Uh, I've had uh, like like I have like stomach infection, and like for a few days I'm like, oh, I'm just not feeling good, not feeling good. And finally, I get frustrated and fed up, and that's when I go to the, the hospital or go to the doctor, basically. And this is the thing, like 
every time the doctor, they always ask you, oh, when did this start happening? And I always feel embarrassed. I'm like, oh, two weeks ago. And they're like, oh, you come to me now? That's a, that's a bit late, but okay. Better late than never, I guess. And I'm like, ah, just don't judge me, man. You know, just do your job. I'll do mine. And I'm sorry. Maybe next time I'll come earlier. Don't do it. Don't look at me this way, please. All right. Eh. So, yeah, I'm not a big thing. So, again, I, I'm really curious to know how many people are the type that, you know, you the moment you're not feeling good, like, bam, doctor, straight up. Because I know a lot of my friends, they always, they'll go straight to the doctor for two reasons. Number one, just basically self-safety. They'd rather the play safe and just go see the doctor and make sure they're all covered. And two, because unlike me, who is self-employed, me, the boss, me, the staff, I fire me, I hire me, ha-ha. Um, most of my friends have full-time employment, which is why if they have to skip work, they've got to get a doctor's certificate. Ah, now that's power, man. When I go to the hospital and I see the doctor and they're like, do you need a medical leave certificate? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm okay. I don't need that paper. You can keep it. Ah. And uh, yeah, so my friends actually have to get that certificate just to show their boss that they were genuinely sick to skip work for one day, which let me be honest, like how many of us have actually faked that before. Look, come on, don't don't be all like, no, I would never do that. You know, I'm ethical. I'm ethical. I'm, like, I'm sure everyone at some point has considered opening up Microsoft Word or whatever document program you use, um, typing up, you know, Lee and Fung Associates or you know, uh, uh, Candice Doctor PhD whatever as a header, and you know, doing a proper letter. And because let's be honest, doctor signatures, the bullshit. Okay. Every single time I get a doctor's certificate, I'm like, I could have faked that signature so easily. I have actually one time gotten the doctor's certificate, copied the whole template on my computer, printed it out, and signed it with a very lazy signature, which is literally just an X. The doctor just signed with like the letter X, like that. I'm like, ah, come on, man. Like, I mean, come on. Like, all these years in medical school, you can't even sign your name right? Dude, you, you worry me. I'm glad you don't do surgery. Like holding up a pen is too much work for you, man. Oh, forget holding up a scalpel. So yeah, I'm sure we've all faked that as well. You know, with the doctor's certificate, you go to the, do- the the hospital. I mean, sorry, you go to the, uh, the office and like, uh, I was not feeling well yesterday. And that's another thing, man. How many of you actually have to call in to work, right? You have to call in and be like, oh, I'm not going to be make it and I'm not feeling well. I'm really sorry. I just wanted to let you know ahead of time. How many people call? How many people email? Now, this is a thing. I've actually had a point in my life when I remember uh, for school, if you can't make it to school, you have to call in and tell them that you're, you're not feeling well and you have to personally call in to let them know, right? So one morning I woke up and I wasn't feeling too good. I want to sleep in a bit, but at the same time, I'm like, I could kind of make it to school, but eh, you know, I have that one day a month kind of cold. Let me use it up. And you got to call in. And this is when you have to ask yourself, like, what's your sick voice? What's your sick voice? Think about it. Do you have a sick voice? We all have a sick voice, okay? We all have that voice where basically we're kind of like, okay, um, okay, so this this guy, you know, what's my what's my what's my backstory? Okay, so I had uh, chicken skewers. Okay, I had chicken skewers with a friend last night after the comedy show. Okay, okay. Uh, what what I sound like if I have food poisoning? Okay, uh, food poisoning. Okay, maybe maybe a little bit deeper. Maybe a uh, oh, food poisoning. I've got oh, food poisoning. Okay, yeah, because you can't really use a diaphragm, right? So okay, not much energy, not much not much air in my my voice, okay, just food poisoning. All right, got it. Okay, now, uh, you know, are, are you gonna be you know, medium energy where you're trying hard to let them know I'm, I'm trying to talk to you? I got food poisoning, but I'm using whatever energy I can muster up to let you know that I'm not feeling well. Do you do that? All right, or do you kind of just go, uh, I, I'm not feeling well. 
I have food poisoning. Do you do that? And halfway through while telling them what's happened to you, do you kind of fake the, I had food poisoning. Do you do that as well? You know, how, how far do you play it? And it's really tough, man, which is why the next time you get sick, I tell you, you must take a genuine moment to really thoroughly look at every element of being sick. Like, do you really want to throw up when you're on the phone? Not really. Okay, so you don't throw up on the phone. Okay. How's your voice? Is it deep? Is it high? Is it shallow? You know, is it muffled? Right? So for myself, when I have a cold, usually like I've already got like a big kind of a strong end sound. Like, hey, hold on, okay, what's my name? Hold on, my name is Vivek. Hold on, right? I've already got that. But if I have like a runny nose or like a proper genuine cold, then it's like really deep voice. I know that when I'm not feeling well, my voice just goes really low. Like, hey guys, so yeah, I'm not feeling so good. So I paid full attention to my sick voice. My sick voice is really deep, no energy. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not feeling so good. So uh, I, I had a skewer last night. And uh, for some reason, I this morning I woke up and oh, yeah, everything was coming out. Everything. Yeah. Everything, even even my you know bad memories were coming out. It's just a low voice thing, and I and I don't have the slower or faster pace talking. It's just like pure low voice. That's it. So I paid close attention to it. So should the day come, I've got this big gig, right? And I gotta get out of it. I'm like, dude, today is not happening. I need. I am sick. I'm not feeling good, but I'm not sick enough to let them know that I'm sick over the phone. So then I I turn it up. I'm like, okay, sick voice time. Yeah, phone rings. Ring, 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 ring. so good so I'm really sorry I, I won't be able to make it <sighs> right I could do that and bam I'm out of it they're like whoa this guy must be really feeling unwell he sounded terrible I'm like yep I sounded terrible Waha. alright so we're down to the last 10 minutes everyone look at me I've hit almost 45 minutes talking to myself alone looking at my screen all I get to enjoy are two things one is my vocal processor which sounds like this and the other one is looking at the screen watching sound waves of my voice. Beautiful sound waves. They're getting so much bigger sound waves now. Smaller sound waves now. This is literally the joys of doing this podcast on my own. Muhammad, get well soon, dude. Not because I care about you as a friend, because you definitely need to be over here to co-host this. Because me talking to myself, borderline insanity, okay? Borderline losing my mind, buddy. Next time, I'm going to be the sick one, but sick in the head. Oh. Okay, so... uh. Before we, we end this in the last 10 minutes, I do want to let you all know that there's a lot of stuff happening. This is where we're coming down to the end of the year thing. The real madness of Christmas is happening around town. Uh, if you always thought about, you know, what do I get a friend for gifts? Because we always have Secret Santa, right? Secret Santa is one of the worst things ever because it's always a budget. Hey, okay, so we're going to buy gifts? No, no more than 100. And okay, I'll be very honest with you. When it comes to Secret Santa... I know the game. You have a you have a margin of error of 10%, right? You have the not more than 100, which means it better be not less than 90. And you know, if you go if you want to go crazy, you know, 100, 150, that's cool. That's cool with you, right? But no less than 90, right? The last time I ever had a chance to have a Christmas party that involved Secret Santa, ladies and gentlemen, I was told nothing more than $100. I had the idea that I want to make sure my gift is unique. I want to make sure my gift is fresh as hell. I want to make sure my gift gets a giggle. I went ahead and bought two, two freshly handmade, 
Turkish kebabs. That is right. Each costing $50 each. I had the receipt with myself to prove to the, the winner who gets this prize. The best thing is, have you ever played Secret Santa and got the gift in wrapping paper and the gift was warm? Oh, that is the best feeling when you're like, what the hell? My gift is warm? What? And then you're like, you're trying to shake it. You're like, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, like, the more you shake it, the worse it's going to get, buddy. Uh, do not shake that. Right? And some people are thinking, like, why is this warm? What's going on? Like, it's kind of softish. What is this? Like, is this like a pet? But the pet's not moving. Like, what? What? This is weird. So let me tell you if you have a secret Santa coming up, I highly recommend go out and get kebabs. All right. Wrap that up. Give it to someone and just watch their reaction. I will tell you, it tops any YouTube reaction video. Watch their face as they go, what the, what? And they open it up. They see the silver color of the foil. They're like, what the hell is this? What? And then they find out, wait a second, this splits in half. What's going on? And then as they unwrap the silver foil, they see the little white ginger garlic sauce coming out. Then they see the little red color sauce coming out. They're like, what the, what is this? What's going on? They open it up. They start getting the smell of the, the, the kebab. They're like, wait, I think I know what this is. They open it. They're like, oh, this is my gift. And then you tell them, dude, you better eat it now because it's going to go bad. If you don't eat it right now, you have it tonight, you're going to get sick. And tomorrow morning, you're going to be just like the other Mohammed poisoning right and that my friends is the most memorable gift you get somebody for secret santa all right within 100 hong kong dollars i guarantee you will be done with that 100 percent sure nobody else is going to do that mostly not because of the creativity level not because you're super original because nobody is stupid like that who the hell gets kebabs for secret santa this guy oh wait oh i went muhammad voice ah wrong button i should have said this guy. Yeah. Ah, wrong button. Too bad. Don't feel like editing this episode because I've already worked so hard for it. Uh, so the other thing you could do for a Secret Santa or basically any sort of Christmas party is that if you're looking for little games to do or things to do, hey, go check out a comedy show. Let's be honest. Like Nothing is more fun than bringing your friends, sitting in the front row and just watching comedy and sometimes getting picked on as well. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest, okay? A lot of people say they don't want to sit in the front row, but... You all feel like stars when you're in the front row and the comedian's like, oh, what's your name? What do you do? You're like, you, you, you saw the whole audience, but you, you're talking to me. I feel special today. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. Go to a comedy show. I, I always tell people like this Christmas, uh, when was the last time you were basically in town during Christmas? Uh, last year. Ah, okay. That's awkward. That segue didn't work out. Hmm. Okay. Let me think about that again. What I'm saying is that put down the Santa hat. But then I was like, do something different, you know, go out, go, go watch a show, go enjoy, go do something else, you know, go have a kebab with a friend and have a good time as well. But the, th- the thing you want to do is for sure is obviously take care of your health. Now, okay, I'm trying to wrap this whole up. You can see I'm trying to burn time now because I promised myself today I'm going to hit 45 minutes just to prove to Muhammad. Should the day come, he's like, I'm out of here. I quit. I'm like, <laughs> didn't really need you to start off with. So, you know, it's fine. You can go anywhere. Did you Did you not hear the episode in December 2021 when I was on my own soloing for 45 plus minutes? Huh? Did you not see that episode? Huh? So I not see you got to hear the episode. huh? <laughs> so... On top of going to a comedy show, the best part is actually Mohammed, myself, and most comedians always have some sort of funny story about recent things that happened to them, right? So I'm sure, I'm telling you now, Mohammed's not feeling well today. 
I guarantee in just a matter of a couple of weeks or maybe this, you know, in, in a month's time, if you go watch the show with him in the lineup, he will definitely probably talk about today's experience about how, you know, it was throwing up. My tummy, tummy couldn't do the jummy, jummy. He might do that. And you'll be like, oh, that was so funny. Which ultimately is the best thing I love about comedy is that we have this formula called comedy equals the tragedy plus time, which means uh, anything that happens to our lives, if it's bad, it's just a matter of time before we take it out and make fun of it. If you've been following the podcast as well, you know like uh, a bunch of episodes before, I was talking about how my health took a bad turn last year, so we made a whole joke about it. And in my my Humor Along My Hairline show, I'll be talking about that, you know, the, the weird things that have happened to me doing all the, the, the surgery and everything. And this is the ultimate thing, is that the best gift I can give you this Christmas is to just remember that sometimes life sucks. But at the same time, it's a tragedy that if you give some time, can turn into comedy. Ah, feel good moment time. Wish I had the budget to buy some lovely soundtrack music to play in the background and let you feel, ah, Christmas is round the corner. All right. So with that, though. I'd like everyone to take a moment to acknowledge that we've just hit the 40-minute mark, everyone. Yay, 40 minutes, me talking to me. Hey, this is so awesome. Now, the thing is that initially when Mohammed told me he wasn't feeling well, he actually did offer. He did offer to uh, say, hey, I'll get Kari, this other comedian, to come on as your co-host. And I was like... Dude, I got this, man. You know, I, I talk in my head all day long. I'll be fine talking into a mic to myself. Only to realize, man, it is so different to have those things that run in your head come out through your mouth and not bounce back in the in your head again. Because normally when you're when you're stuck in your head and thinking about these crazy ideas, it's just bouncing around, right? And the ideas here, ideas there, it's like, ah, oh, I could keep doing this all day long, no problem. But the moment you get it out of your mouth, you're like, whoa, that's gone now. I have nothing bouncing back, so Got to think of something real quick to continue on this conversation and burn up that time. What's going on? I don't know what to do. Which uh, brings me to another point is that a lot of times people have this weird perception that comedians, you know, uh, you you guys are just fun people. You're always happy and everything. No, dude. Like if you've ever met comedians and talked to us, we're just as normal as the next guy. The only difference is that instead of letting all that stuff stay in our heads and bounce around and kind of bother us after a few days, we go on stage and just get it out of the system. And what I found is that this is really good therapy. And I highly recommend you as well. If you're not feeling well about your life, take a moment and take notice of like the voice you have, the things that happened to you, what were you feeling, why did this happen, right? How did you change your life and everything to adjust to this day that you're not feeling too well? And take that story. Go on an open mic night. You know, the one I like to go to the most is on every Tuesday at the Aftermath uh, down on Wyndham Street. Go down there and just tell your story. You get a good three minutes to tell your story. Who knows? Even if it's not funny, at least it will make everyone else in the room feel good. Like, oh, at least my day didn't go like that. I have a pretty good life. I should be really grateful, right? You're helping people find gratitude in life as well. So do a good deed. Go up there, tell your story, tell us what you like. I really want to know people in Hong Kong, when they get sick, what do they do? Like I said, for me, when I'm not feeling well, only a few things happen. Number one, I live in denial. I'm like, no, I'm fine, man. I'm bleeding in the toilet. Doesn't matter. I'm okay, right? Oh, I have a runny nose. No problem. Just keep wiping and I'll be okay, right? Oh, my goodness. I can't walk because my leg is broken. Hey, it'll be all right. You know, if I just, when there's a will, there's a way, right? I'll just will myself to healing, stuff like that. That's how I think. 
other people will freak out. Oh my God, Viv, you look terrible. You better go see a doctor. I'm like, dude, this is what I look like. They're like, oh, <laughs> that's awkward, right? You'll have that as well. But then some people are the more like, you know, traditional slash, you know, uh, alternative medicine and stuff. And this is the best part of Hong Kong. You get to go the the very uh, Western route of, you know, the science and stuff like that with the, with the hospital system over here. Or you can go the traditional Chinese medicine route as well. And let me tell you, Oh, some people I know, they hate TCM, Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, to the point, to the point that they will just lose their minds if you tell them that you went to see one of these TCM doctors. They're like, I can't be your friend anymore. But it's actually quite fun. I tell you, man, like everything is a cool experience. Getting sick is an experience. Everything is an experience. But one thing that you will definitely know is that getting sick sucks at the moment, but afterwards telling people about it man makes you feel like a hero like you're a survivor we got through this just like covid now man i mean let's be honest we're all going through a really weird time with covid right but i will tell you in 10 years time when these kids grow up and they're sitting one day in a corner going hey i i heard that you know people had to wear masks before it was crazy right and you sit there you hear that you're like all right kiddos come on over here all right, let me tell you about the times we went through of COVID. And you had to be like this hero and we're like, wow, that was so fascinating. That's so cool. You mean you're a survivor? Oh, I'm a survivor. Oh, yeah. You would do stuff like that, right? It's pretty cool. I have to say, though, I'm looking forward to the day when I get to show off to people who never experienced COVID be like, oh, you guys have nothing on this, man. Like you kids nowadays, huh, with your no face mask life, huh? you have no idea what it's like, okay? Having all that sweat on your upper lip, but you can't wipe it because you got a face mask on and you can't take it off because the, the cops across the street and if you take it off they're going to check you and you get in trouble oh the amount of pain you have to do of like don't let that sweat drip uh, down your lips into your mouth because you're going to taste your own salt oh that's disgusting right oh those were the struggles of life everyone and speaking of struggles of life ladies and gentlemen i bring to you the best news of the day if you open up your podcast app right now the website, the link, whatever you're doing. I want you to all look at the time. The time code right now is we have hit the 44 minutes mark. Chances are we're about to hit the 45 minutes mark and it's going to happen real soon. Oh, I think I just did it, everybody. I am now officially 45 minutes talking to myself. Yeah, I did it. Hey, check this out, everyone. I told you. I don't need the Mohammed. I don't need the other Mohammed. I don't need nothing. I just need me. Yay! Loneliness is awesome. Hey, I just want to say, first of all, if you felt that I wasted 45 minutes of your life, just remember that this episode was free. And uh, yeah, so don't complain about free stuff, right? Okay, there's actually a free lunch, okay? So don't, don't do that. But I'll be honest, okay? So I'm gonna, uh, this was a really cool experiment for myself as well. I really do wish that Mohammed feels better real soon. But in the Patreon episode, I'm going to have some proper stuff we're going to get ready to share with you. I'm not going to just muck around in this one just to experiment. What's it like to talk to me for 45 minutes, right? I will talk about that genuine stuff, you know, talk about basically the way I deal with my health nowadays, what it's like, and I highly encourage you to subscribe, check it out. You never know what it's like, right? Give it as like five bucks a month, you get to know what it's all like to hear the Patreon edition of this is Ho Ho Hong Kong. And hey, it could be awesome, it could be terrible, but you will never know until you give it a shot. With that, everyone... Stay healthy, go get that kebab for a secret Santa, and come to a comedy show. I'll see you guys next time. Enjoy!